0: This week, we're talking with Bob Gonzalez. He'll bring the insights to, you know, those little displays you see up by cash registers or down the aisles that everybody knocks over with their grocery carts. Well, he tells you the method of the madness of what's going on with all those. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The butcher Turnpit master, your host, David Bosca. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast. We are going to go a different route than we've done. Well, we've kind of went this way in the past, but I'm introducing one of the people we use in our process of, of communicating to you, the customer. That's the way I look at it. I've got Bob Gonzalez on the line from Vanguard Packaging out of Kansas city. Bob say hello.
1: Hello everybody. Thanks for having me, David.
0: Hey Bob, I appreciate it. And uh, that's the way I look at packaging labeling. Um, tell everybody what Vanguard does uh, in most. What is it?
1: Okay, Vanguard Packaging is a, a temporary and permanent uh, display company uh, for branded items. Uh, we we occupy the aisle with a point of purchase display signage, uh, whether that uh, on the on the display, whether it be metal wire uh, or corrugate. And then the signage can be anywhere from window clings to floor clings, aisle aisle invaders, and so on as a POS material, point-of-sale material. That's it in a nutshell. Been around since uh, the mid-70s as a startup brown box company and has grown into a um, a formidable competitor in the industry of designing packaging for startup brands all the way to national brands in a worldwide position.
0: So you do have clients outside of the US.
1: Yes, we have an office in China uh, that handles a lot of uh, the big box mass merchandise people uh, and help write their what they call style guides in the retail segment all the way down to the mom and pop like a barbecue supply store.
0: I've used you, Bob, with stand-up displays for the wild seasoning and the butcher barbecue and I understand the importance of shelf displays, the, what I would call the impulse buys. Do you have a lot of people that, that bring on those for right by the cash register?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot, uh, quite honestly, Dave, what we find is our job is to, um, our, our job as a display is to get you what we call in line. So there's brand recognition. Once we have a promotional item on a display once we uh, And we have that, what they call sell-through, as it sells through uh, the display, whether it be an aisle interruption at the end cap or um, at the register, we have the opportunity then to uh, get you in line as a loyal uh, on-shelf item with the retailer. And that's kind of the, pro- the, the process. I mean, anybody can run a promotion to give a sale and give an introduction, but our job is to get you on-shelf. That's the bottom line with the
0: display. Permanently is what you're talking about.
1: Correct. Yeah. So, so you have a brand following, you know, and you get brand recognition. Everybody starts understanding who you are because they tried it that one time on that impulse sale or that promotional sale item.
0: So is there a standard rule of thumb that you've always, when you talk to a customer, let's say a customer's leaning one way. Hey, I'm wanting my display to look this way or that way. And you're like, you know, tried and true method is this. If so, kind of explain that so people will understand what they need to be thinking about before they give you a call.
1: Oh, definitely. There, there's, a, there's a startup concept of I, I've had guys that are just fin- finishing in, in the barbecue world, let's say. Um, I've had guys just finishing their, their recipes and they're in production now. And I've walked in their garages. I've walked in their living rooms. I've walked in their warehouses. And they bought packaging and, and displays on the front end without knowing their direction. And um, slow down, guys. You know, you don't need to call me until we get distribution. Uh, because once you're in distribution, that creates a whole different opportunity. So to be appointed to drill into your question, yes, we start advising on color palettes. What colors go best with your product? Because let's be honest, we're there to sell the product, not the display. Yeah, I love selling displays and all that. But if our display overpowers the product, we've gone the wrong direction. So we need, in your are in case, when, when you came to me with the wild seasoning, when you had some direction and we started staring at it longer and you came back and said, let's make it white, the product bounced out of there because of the color palette of the product, not of the display. Our display is to communicate, hey, we're here. You know, they say you have three seconds to impress a customer, so they put it in their cart or in their shopping bag or whatever. That color palette plays into it, but the description, the information on it, the context, become more relevant than a beautiful graphic display. Uh, We have some customers that just do a solid color and let the product bounce off because of the color palette of the product. So um, there's all kinds of variations that go into it. Our job is to lift that sale and communicate to the customer, period.
0: So first step, someone comes to you, let's say, just like what you're talking about, they have gotten to, they want a product, they want to put this out and they think they need a display. Have y'all ever take, or have you ever taken that step and said, look, let's look at your packaging. Cause you're looking at something very unique. It, it's not going to uh, set in a standard display. I don't know how someone could put this widget in a display and have it stand up at a cash register. Um, do, have you ever had to stop and advise someone from the beginning and go, look, you might want to look at this kind of a packaging.
1: Oh yeah. I, my my first conversation with them is, tell me the direction of your company. Uh, I, I've got guys in the world that, um, and I'm just going to stay in the barbecue lane right now because I deal with so many quality individuals that are in the industry, and I, I want to know their 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 process and their brain. One guy told me, hey, Bob, I don't want to be the rub or sauce king of America. I want restaurants. Okay, now you just told me to find. So to, to circle back to you, I, I ask them, do you want to live on the internet? Do you want to be in wholesale go to retail or do you want to go mass merch? 9 times out of 10 is I want to be everywhere. Well, be careful with that because you can drown in your own success too. Because if you don't have those shelves supplied, that retailer is going to eliminate you from their lineup. I hold their hand and listen through what are they really what are their intentions to take this product? Because no retailer in shelf space in retail is sold by the square inch. Just because you you send in a case of twelve, that don't mean you're going to get uh, five fa- or six facings, three facings by four. All that configuration, they have to inventory your product. That's why the shelves are a certain depth. You may only get one lane, one facing, as we call it, of product on that shelf. It's a it's a big step in to try to find what 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 are their capabilities? What what's your output if you grab a hold of one of these customers? That's why I advise them. Let's start slow, it becomes word of mouth. Then you have the family following either at a competition or um, at some of your local um, retail stores. Uh, Even Walmart has the authority to localize a department, meaning on their shelf, they could bring in a local where it only may be two stores in the entire country versus all 4,300 of them, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, So yeah, we hold their hand. Uh, and try to push the gas pedal and brake at the same time. Say, what do you all want to do with your product? Once you have your SKU number, uh, your ingredients, all the, uh, the nut facts, the nutritional facts, as we call them, uh, once you have all that wrapped up in the label, we can help with that a little bit. Then we start delivering a process with you. So I'll walk them through the operational side. Just because you have a product, you can't wave a wand and it's going to appear in a store somewhere. There's a process there, and with my experience that I've been, and I've learned a lot in the barbecue world the past year and a half, just finding this market. Learned a lot from a lot of great guys and gals, quite honestly.
0: If you can name them, name
1: a few. Oh, boy, God, here comes the name drop, right?
0: Yeah, Um, if you can, I don't want you to cross a line you're not Not supposed to, but
1: go for it if you can. No, no, the best part about the barbecue industry is everybody's approachable. I, I could not believe one Thursday morning I woke up and started dialing numbers and I ended up with, uh, Mr. Butcher himself, David, Malcolm Reed, Heath Riles, uh, code three country bobs, uh, talk to just trials, uh, David Worth. I mean, I can go on and on. Um, uh, Melissa Cookston, what a great champion she is of, of, uh, ambassador of corrugator. Uh, and, and I, uh, I'll say this out loud. I've met the man three times in my life. Uh, what a gentle giant legend. I call him. And, uh, Mr. Seventeenth Street himself, and got to rest his soul. But uh, what an ambassador to the industry, right? Amen, uh, brother. So I've got to meet. I got to meet a ton of people. I know I'm not accepting the award, but I've met a ton of people, and I appreciate their efforts to, to educate me in this, so I can help others. And one of my favorite people always tells me, Bob, there's room for all of us out there, you know. And and what he means by that is the barbecue industry is compared. To, quite a bit like the craft beer industry. Everybody has a little niche. Everybody has their own following and the content you all put out on the internet for people just like this podcast. I mean, this may not be the great segment that everybody's going to listen to publicly to, I'm not going to tell them how to cook a brisket or much less fry a bologna sandwich. But what, what I get to bring to the market is all your knowledge into one segment to drive it to retail and make somebody's dream come true. Because, David, I, I've met butchers, I've met insurance salesmen, I've met beer distributors, beer truck drivers, and the list goes air conditioning um, technicians, IT techs. And what I'm saying is, I'm not saying their names, but they're all championship level across the country. And that's what's brilliant about this. Your backyard guy is probably one of the best cooks you ever want to meet. Uh, and then they go compete and they get humble. And that was the interesting part. I'm on a barbecue team here in St. Louis. And this is what I watched I watched the people walk around mingle It's truly a family And I was able to find What help can I bring these people Except be the up guy on a barbecue team So I just wa- watched all this And it ended up, quite honestly Your products make me better than I am So I'm going to share that with anybody I can It's fun, dude I had a good time
0: <laughs> Okay, speaking of your packaging I heard a lot of the boxes The displays do you make also, I know it's obviously the outside box, the shipping box, the display box. Do y'all also do the inside can, uh, packaging boxes that uh, something might slide into that would go in a shipper box?
1: Yeah. So what what we make is anything but the primary package. The primary, primary package is the actual bottle of rubber sauce. Let's keep it in that terms. But we'll make the outer uh, what they call the folding carton, the SBS box that that would slide into potentially, uh, like a smaller box, like a toothpaste box, that type of, all, all the way up from there. Now, when it comes to bags, poly, multi-wall, all that kind of stuff, no, I'll send you to some of my friends or some contacts that I do know that could help you there. It's not my world. All of us kind of network and live in that space together because it's so hard when you have an idea mixing it up in your uh, kitchen or whatever, well now how did I how do I do this? So I go on Uline and I buy this and so on. Then once you start scaling, that's when we become relevant to hold your hand and get graphics on it and so on and walk you through the rest of the way.
0: All right, let's dive into that just a little bit. The actual makeup of the box. Uh let's say okay, let's start with a shelf display. I'm sorry, a counter display. Something setting right on a counter, either Over by, let's say like if you're at a convenience store right beside the clerk or something what is important like you said you got three seconds to either catch their attention let them read it or force them to say i gotta have that product so they pick it up what 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 is demanded on that box on a normal basis for that
1: great communication some quick short bullet lines uh what we tend to see is everybody's so proud of their name and their brand And their logo it's everywhere on on a package so let's say it's a little countertop with a header and you got a uh, 12 product display sitting there on a countertop remember there's 12 logos just on the product alone a lot of people try to get it on the header get it on the sides get it on the front lip no the communication that you have to have a some people get too wordy it's a short sweet tagline the reason why they want want you to grab it it could be a, a nutrition factor no Some of the ingredient claims, no nos and stuff like that, salt free, whatever that means. As long as you catch their impulse and catch their curiosity, you're fine. But until you become a recognized brand, logos can be good and subtle, but not in your face. You know, until they recognize it, the wording is going to be the key. Less is more, but you got to have the impulse tagline. And and I would say the tagline is going to drive it back into that uh, the brand.
0: So if you're a Budweiser, you don't need a tagline. You, you put what well, everybody sees or knows. But if you're a small, local microbrewer, you need to put maybe uh, smoked German beer on there and then your name off to the side. Is that what you're saying?
1: Correct. Because they want to know what the product is. Cause everybody goes has a ton of flavors. You know, yourself, how many different flavors do you have in, in your lineup? So trust your butcher's awesome in your situation, right? Because it's it's a dual connotation. That's your livelihood, and now it's butcher barbecue. So th- that's a great coordination of the name and the tagline. L- look at Nike. They- they've they hit a grand slam years ago, and most of their packaging now, if you look at it, is only the swoosh. Not yeah. everybody can be Nike. you got to get their attention quick. What does the word Nike mean? You know, nobody knew that. So that's kind of my point. Nobody's going to know your name. Until they try your product, and it's kind of that kind of goes back and forth, egg uh, cart before the horse. But at the same time, butcher barbecue, let's say we put it up there, and that's all good, but that tagline is going to tell them, hey, this is honey. This is, um, uh, I mean, there's so many sweet barbecue, uh, hot barbecue, uh, it goes, goes on and on. You know, you got to tell them what it is real quick, and then they'll find your name after they keep looking.
0: And I'll tell you, I made a mistake on mine that I've had two, maybe three retailers point this out to me, and I wouldn't have thought this till they got the display, and I'm in the process of getting some great big stickers made to put on your displays for me. And some of them are full-blown retail that don't just do specific barbecue. It's a, it's a store, okay? Okay. And right. they put the display up, and they would walk by themselves and go, "What's a butcher barbecue?" Um, they know by looking, it's butcher. Bar- they wished we would have printed on there somewhere about flavors of or or developed by two-time world barbecue champion. That is something that I I didn't catch and I didn't bring my pointer across, just like you said. For that immediate, oh, what's, what's what do they got in there from that guy? You see what I'm saying? So that's something I've learned 100%. on my display. I'm going to put a sticker on there that says that developed by or winnings from two-time work. That way, it might catch their eye in, in that sense.
1: Yeah, we, we have to watch. and we do graphic mock-ups for people, uh, and the same, same thing happened here. We'll just throw your logo on there to get your thought process going. But everybody's in love with their name and their logo. They're proud of it and with, with great understanding. I totally agree. However, you just nailed exactly what they're asking. Who did this? Yep. And Dave and I, Dave and I you talked about, we talked about this the other day. The relevance of your history goes with everybody that's competing with you. You know, And if you walk into a barbecue store, they're, they're more likely to understand, oh, that's Butcher. I know who they are. But the, the next step is to understand the masses. Why should I try this? Well, there you go. You, you pointed out exactly what we try to help and do. And some people won't get past it. Nope, that's why way I want it. Be cautious. The best part of how we print these displays, we're not in love with anything. We can change it on the fly next time we order. And that's how we built that little co-op program. So everybody can learn and change what they want to do on the go.
0: Yep. My next round, and that, and I'm definitely going to get that put on that and the wild seasoning because I've got a distributor up in Michigan, and that's exactly what he said. He says, Wild seasoning we love, everybody loves the flavor, but what is it? Who, where's it come from? Where's it out of? And if he says, if we could have put that on there, that this seasoning was developed by a two time world barbecue champion, well, now they'll stop and look at it because, wow, okay, this has a little bit of credibility. So, hey, lesson learned. We all learn from from each step in life, and that's something I've picked up from this one.
1: totally agree. it's it, it is a step. And if you understand the success of all the all the products in the market in this space here, the the barbecue world, keep in mind where everybody came from. You know there's a local guy here that's an i t specialist. Uh, he's probably on his way of building a barbecue empire, as I'll call him. And uh, Heavy Smoke, Chris Schaefer, great guy, becoming well-known nationwide with his product. And he's from IT. He tells me all the time, I really don't know how to market this stuff. The The product sells itself. I get it. Now you're going on the retail shelf, though. That's a different process rather than a beautiful brisket or ribs or whatever. You know, I'm just like, hold on, guys. I get it. So that's where we try to help and advise. And I get to talk to all the major brands in the country. Uh, A lot of big companies over my years, and I got to learn from them as well and apply it in these situations.
0: Yeah, so you've had the advantage of learning from those that are smarter than us as clients and passing that information on without giving away, let's say, information that is only for one customer only. Yeah, and it can't leave that island, but you can utilize the knowledge of it.
1: Correct. Yeah, that's what I enjoy doing. Literally, I've learned more from my customers and applied it than I've taught them in a lifetime. I guarantee it. And um, that's the fun part of this.
0: Right. Okay. Everybody kind of gets the idea when you're listening to this, that don't just splotch a name on it, put a blister looking deal. It takes some thought, listen to the professionals, throw your ideas in so that the professionals know where your concept is wanting to go. Okay. Now cost of product explain what you've done with a lot of us. you you mentioned it, the co-op program, but also explain why that co-op program is very important because I want them to understand if they start with a like I said, a widget that does it that's out of normal, explain what a die cut would cost just for their product alone, okay, so that they maybe okay. start correctly in the beginning.
1: Everybody has a local box company, we'll call it, in their area, wherever they're developing their product. And the first thing they're going to say is, well, somebody told me I need a display, put it in a grocery store, and start selling. You'll sell thousands, right? So what, they're, what you'll first find out is when you make that phone call is, hey, can you make me a sample? Make me a display. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to hold 36 bottles and so on. Then the price comes. Well, well we ta- in our world, we talk in the thousand price per thousand, okay? And that's our vocabulary. So you think you can use a thousand? Oh, I don't know. What's that cost? Well, all of a sudden, that thousand cost is forty-five thousand dollars at fifteen dollars a piece, or um, or fifteen thousand dollars. I'm sorry. And then, what happens is, let's say a thousand displays of what we built you was fifteen thousand dollars for a thousand. What? Here comes the pink elephant. Oh, you need a cutting die, so it's so it's custom. Nobody has these on their shelf. So those cutting dies to make that exact display is about $4,500, just, just to start the conversation. Then comes the $15,000 to make a thousand. So what I decided to do, and as I, as I mentioned, I was in a barbecue program, or on the barbecue team, I started looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, and so I got a, about a dozen of you guys together, said, hey, why don't we, why don't we set up a, a display that fits all your products, rubs or sauces, and we'll run a thousand of them. The minimum order is a hundred, and the cutting dies are paid for. We took care of that based on the cum, right? And then everybody can minimally order their graphics, and we we print them digitally in our press in Kansas City. We do a hundred at a time, but we but we sell it as a thousand at a time. So every let's say there's ten of you, each of you ordered a hundred of of their print, and we delivered them plus freight uh, to their locations, and then that startup cost is gone. You get the buying power of 1000 but then you only purchased 100 for the same cost of 1000 And that's the co-op I'm talking about. We've done it with gift boxes for like a three-pack, four-pack rub or sauce for Christmas. We've done it uh, with obviously this display and so on. And I have other ideas to uh, co-brand some products and different pitmasters together. So, we ta- so again, it, it's a less startup, but at the same time, A lot of guys are layering their product, as you know, David, that they kind of sit in the same space together. So that's become more cost-effective. Unless you got a checkbook to get in this game, boy, it's a hard pill to swallow. Because my rule of thumb over many years is the cost of the display can exceed roughly 20% of your shelf price. That gives me a budget because really nobody knows, hey, just give me a price. I'll tell you if I can afford it. If i got enough in the checkbook, I'll buy it. That's kind of the mentality, but you got to sustain it because you got to repeat it because what happens if that hundred sells quickly, you got to be able to repeat that process again, because now you've created a hunger. And if you don't deliver that, we have a problem.
0: Yeah. Because that's when you'll
1: lose position.
0: Exactly. So Malcolm sold through and was the only one waiting on us and code three. He would then have to buy the full thousand units versus a hundred.
1: To maintain this price correct. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, what I'm trying to do is develop more programs for other folks so we can sustain the co-op going, going, going forward. And again, it comes down to, hey, I'd rather have this. And you and I talked about one the other day on, on a product, but let's try this, let, let's try this and m- move it around. Keep, keep being flexible enough to where we're not pigeonholed, but having, those, having that cutting die, that tooling, as we call it, paid for, Wow, is a burden gone that allows you to spring forward quickly and react quickly. Yes. Get some graphics on it. Get it approved. And what we're doing now is uh, we're sending in to to your point a few minutes ago. We will suggest you to send the graphics into the retailer and let them be involved as well because they have years of experience of aisle positioning as well.
0: Uh, that is a great point. Yep. I love that one here's something mm-hmm. i thought of too that's so important that goes all the way back to concept of their own personal packaging even before it gets to this point not only how many will fit in a display how much will ship how much but you you brought this up when you and i started our conversation and just so happens that day you were here my fedex salesman was was in sight or on site
1: i remember that and yeah.
0: I ask, and both of you could work this out immediately because both of you knew your jobs and the weight of the display fell under, I mean, fully packed, fell under FedEx's maximum before it had to be going as a heavy shipment, which is additional shipping. So it fell under their 50 pounds maximum to where any driver can pick it up. It won't ha- won't get that extra $15 charge. So that's important also. So this. Oh, yeah. S- is that called the square inches? Am I saying that right?
1: Okay. Cube, uh, weight and size. Because they've taken it a step further because grocery chains have union laws as well regulations that they, one person can't pick up over 40 pounds, 50 pounds. There's a 70 pounder. All that comes into play as well.
0: Interesting.
1: So yeah. So anybody can keep paying more for it till you can't afford it anymore. Then it just became a concept. Our job is to literally walk your, walk your product into that retailer that it's ready, that we've sent you and you've seen the sell sheets recreated for you that allows you to communicate to that retailer or whoever it is, that you know what you're doing, here's the pallet configuration, here's the weight of everything, here's the SKUs that are in it, and then you put your price on it and so on. Uh, and, and what is their return on investment of that product and display, if you will. So it's here, a big, what we call a profit and loss. You gotta know your numbers, if you will, but we can't just put together a box and say, here you go. It don't work like that. We, we, we help you out.
0: So here's a tagline for Vanguard Packaging. Quotation starts, you're business consulting with packaging in mind.
1: <laughs> you, don't know, <laughs> you don't know how we live that. Because <laughs> that's and, basically know, what you're doing. Yeah, we, we take it from, from your shelf. Well, they call it cradle to grave because we have to in some situations. And it's funny you say that because I always, think, I always think backwards. And my family will contest to that too. I have to figure out how that is going to exit. Yeah, sell-through is great. You sold it all, that's the exit plan. But now with sustainability, we got to watch recycle content. we got to know what that store is going to do with it so we don't try to put plastic clips in it, stuff like that. So they have to separate the corrugate and the plastic and all that. So it's bigger than just making, and this is oversharing, but it's bigger than just the display, but we truly have to be professional to walk you through to not make you guys look bad. Like this retailer says, this guy knows what he's doing. Thank you. Send it in. Let's go. And that's all part of the process as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Footnote for the two of us, we need to get together for gift boxes. We need to make note of that.
1: Love to. I'll be coming through there uh, mid-March for Steak National.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, we need to.
1: And maybe sooner. Yeah, we need to to do
0: something because that's where I have fell short. So, yeah, we need to do something for gift boxes. Anything you want to bring up that we really haven't touched that Maybe it's out of my realm, but something that that you and or Vanguard still does. I, I don't know. I don't know everything, so you tell me what we need to talk about. Still.
1: Oh, I, I think we covered a lot, uh, and I, and I know the who would listen to this. Maybe one, my wife. I don't know, but my point <laughs> is, if you're start, if you're starting up a product uh, of any kind, it's a passion. I welcome a call. Told people you're not ready for me, but call me. And I'll help you through that. And I know my counterparts, my other sales reps that I get to work with daily because we all feed off of one another. It's probably the best professional set of sales reps I've ever met that really care about taking somebody's product. And I've seen a lot of salesmen sell a lot of cardboard, as I say it jokingly, because our world calls it Corgan, unfortunately. But I've seen salesmen just sell cardboard and leave. No, no. Our job's past that because... If I walk in somebody's warehouse and that display is still sitting there, we have an issue because then it becomes a burden. So my point is, demand our help and make us listen to you. I'm one of those people that I overlisten listen uh, and I over-talk too much, quite honestly, I've been told that, but my point is, I wanna listen to what you're doing so I can help you. So don't be afraid to slow down, keep going on your product, don't stop. If you take the same time with your packaging with your deliberate approach to getting distribution or in a store, as you did developing that product, you're going to be successful. If you develop a product and think you got a want, you're dead. You are dead. Trust me. But that's my number one thing. And uh, I get real passionate about seeing people succeed. And when I know and my wife won't even let me go grocery shopping with her anymore because I'm one of those people who stop and look at the packaging and I flip boxes upside down, see where it's coming from uh, this distribution chain, whatever, just to see how the position is. There's a lot of times I'm like, wow, I wish I'd have thought of that because there's some cool ideas out there. I just have a lot of fun seeing people, especially the ones I get to talk to the the folks that uh, are really out there on the front lines selling this product. I get a kick seeing it on the shelf, whether I had anything to do with it or not. I'm like, good for them. And that's what I, that's what drives me quite honestly. We'll
0: bring those cool ideas you've noticed. Um, when you bring the some gift boxes for me to look at,
1: you got it. <laughs> All right. I well, warned Don't hand me a microphone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gotten to a part in this podcast, Bob, that whether you know about it or not, I'm, you're fixing to know about it. I'm. I've got a lot of injection needles out here. We're going to inject you with a butcher barbecue truth serum. I'm going to ask you some questions. Twenty three questions to be exact. No. <laughs> and you have to answer them correctly. Okay. Truthfully, truthfully, well,
1: everything cre- previous truthfully. to this. Everything previous to this was a lie. So let's start now.
0: All right, here we go. You've been injected. <laughs> and this is so that folks kind of get the way or you, okay? So that, that's basically what this is. <laughs> what is an obscure food that you have eaten that most people would never try?
1: Rattlesnake.
0: Oh, okay. Now I got to ask, how was it cooked?
1: Uh, fried. And I think that was the unfortunate part because it got chewy. I think the breading was the flavor, not the rattlesnake.
0: Ah. Uh. Okay. Tastes like chicken.
1: Yeah, we'll go there. <laughs>
0: Everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> all right. Yeah, exactly. Name the worst topping for a pizza.
1: Oh, you're going to get hate mail. Pineapple.
0: Okay. A burger.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, see, I'm not a mushroom guy, so I have to say mushroom.
0: All right. Ice cream.
1: The worst topping. Yeah. Dude, I'm a big guy, so I kind of eat it all. Uh, I'm not I'm, I, Okay, I'm not a strawberry guy
0: Oh, okay, see, there you go Yeah, we've got one more uh-huh. on this What's the worst topping for a baked potato?
1: Sour cream I hate it <laughs> by okay.
0: itself Alright, we're running short on <laughs> injection So we got time for just one more question, okay? Go
1: ahead, go ahead.
0: And we're going to leave it in the food category world It's not going to be so deep you can't think Alright After dropping a piece <laughs> like- of food What's the longest time you'd ever let it set on the ground before you ate it?
1: If it's not sauced up, probably three to five seconds. If it's <laughs> sauced, you go. it's got a little extra time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're just setting the sauce.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Bob, I appreciate wow. it. I I well folks don't realize this is our second opportunity or sorry. This is our second chance at this. We had computer problems the other day and couldn't get this recorded. So I'm glad we we still got it for everybody to listen and learn. Bob, tell everybody where they can find Vanguard Packaging and Bob Gonzalez.
1: Okay, so Vanguard Packaging, uh, you can go to our website at uh, VanguardPKG.com. We're all over. Uh, in, our manufacturing is in Kansas City, but we have offices, four offices through the country, one in China. So easy to find us. You can find me, Facebook, if you want, or uh, Instagram. Just type in Bob Gonzalez, and I guarantee I'll show up somewhere. My personal email is R L G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, at vanguardpkg.com.
0: We'll be Bob, like I said, thanks a ton. I appreciate it. I appreciate the information. I know other people will too. I just want everyone to, man, go go like this podcast wherever you go listen to it at so we can grow our followers and you can be alerted. Get that little bell ding ding every time a new one gets posted. So listen up to the guy here on the end. He's going to give you some great information. He's not threatening you, but he's telling you the facts.
1: Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's
0: next podcast.